0: Um, so, I'm Thomas Fontander, hashtag Beast Mode, critical obstacle racing athlete from South Africa, and you're listening to OCR Audio. Uh, I'm Ian Hozik, you've been
1: listening to OCR Audio, and if you stop listening early, I'll stick Watson on
0: you, and he's terrifying. Hey, I'm Matt
1: Walrath,
0: and you're listening to OCR Audio. Perfect. So we're on the mic today with Adam from Mudstacle and Tom from Team UK. How are you guys doing? Good?
1: Yeah, good, man. Good.
0: Excellent. So kind of this is maybe a first episode of kind of a look into UK OCR and like the current state of the OCR community and races in the UK. So I know there's a lot of things we could talk about, but maybe we'll just delve into the first few little bits. And see where the chat takes us. So we've just hit through May. This has been kind of like the gateway into the UK OCR season. Um, we've had the first Spartan. We've had the massive uh, rat race, and we just had a massive weekend at nuclear Races. All races pretty different. All covering different aspects. Um, we'll delve right in into. Like, did, you a that, l- did you miss out on Tough Money on purpose, there, Luke? Or oh. Yeah, there was a Toughest Mudder as well. <laughs> no, no, <it> <laughs> uh, Europe's Toughest mother as well. There was Europe's Toughest mother, which looked brutal. <laughs> 12 miles this year instead of eight for the previous ones. 12 miles? So, uh, 12, hours. 12 hours. sorry. He's never there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great
1: start. It's a great start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It's the high quality we've come to know from the audio podcast. So, guys, we wanted to delve in and kind of chat about, like, the state of um, UK OCR. Obviously, the races I've just named are kind of the staple races of the UK, but we have seen quite a few races drop off uh, recently. Yep. Kind of from yourselves, why do you think so many races are appearing and going quite quickly or established races dropping off? Got any ideas why?
1: Yeah, well, I think that what you've had quite often is people will trying to tap into that Tough mother boom of OCR, like, oh, we can set up this race and we can straight away get like 15,000 people in. And then they suddenly realise that there's massive insurance, that it's it costs a lot of money to set up a race. And people don't want just like a hay bale and a cargo net and one wall. You know, it's moved on a lot since, the, since yeah. today. you can get away with those sort of, you know, put a couple of cargo nets out, little dip into water, one, two walls and that's OCR. Yeah. And I, and I think that's the biggest the, the biggest thing that we've seen is races think that they can just walk up and then they wonder why they're not making any money or they're not bringing in the numbers. You know, the, no. These big people like Spartan, Tough Mother, Nuclear, they're all, they've spent money to advertise and to get their brand going, you know? And that's the biggest thing. These little races don't have that. Well, just the nuclear didn't get, you know, 10,000 people on a, on a rush on a rush Saturday overnight that's sort of been built up over years and years of building, proving, yeah, I think proving their quality. They've had, I think nuclear started off, um, was like lactic acid, I think back in the day, um, something along those lines. And I think they had 200 people turn up, um, and now look at it. So they, they realize that it's a slow build. It's a slow burn and to start off with, you're going to hemorrhage money left, right and center. I yeah. suppose the only benefit with nuclear is they own their own land. So they haven't got an initial ridiculous outlay of rent, um, and all their obstacles are uh, stationary, aren't they? So I suppose that's the only benefit with nuclear. They can spend money on advertisements. Yeah, so- and they and and their profits can be sunk into building designing new obstacles every year. Not- yeah, I mean, that ball. Yeah, definitely. I think with with the like with nuclear, I think they have got that that obviously the handy of being a per permanent site, um, and building their brand up over the years, um, it, it's something that a lot of these new races think that they can do, but they they just, they don't want to spend five, six years building their brand. They want yeah, they, results, they, and that's why they disappear. Well, you look at what's happened with uh, on this year. Yeah. They, they sort of came in, sort of, we are the big new race, we are going to be this, we are going to be that, and expected to just get numbers right off the bat mm-hmm. and i think in the uk over the last two three years we've seen it happen a couple of times where a race comes and promises the earth and doesn't deliver or promises the earth and it doesn't happen so people are much more wary about trusting and booking on to new races now until they've developed Yep. And also, it's really quite expensive. I know like, Amphibia and the tickets were sort of 45 to 50 to 60 quid. You just think people, like local Opel will spend that possibly once and then realize it's not very really good, they won't do it again. Us guys that do it more competitively, we won't spend that money, I don't think. I think we're more tight, funny enough. Really? Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree yeah, with that. Great. I think we can be uh, a bit tight with what we're spending. Um, but also at the same time is we realise that it is an expensive sport. Um, so we're more selective in what we do. Um, I think that's why we will maybe get a season spa- uh, Spartan season pass. Uh, because, you know, obviously the elite wave is really expensive and the age group is really upgraded to expensive. But at the same time, we know what we're getting and yeah. each race then is like, you know, 50 oh. quid a waste. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, uh, I mean that's not extortionate. I think a, a lot of the things you saw in the in the past when we when we started to lose people like Dirty Dozen, um, Rock Solid, race. at that point we were getting so oversaturated. You know, there were three, four events on most weekends. Yeah, and I think what you saw is a lot of people going, "Oh, but well, I can do three races at 15 to 20 pounds each doing that rather than paying." 50 pounds at one race that was quality and had a good score Yeah, going well, I just to one. Well, now I want to do three, get three and get three medals. And yeah, that's a, I think cost us a, a couple of good events. Yeah, mm. I definitely agree. With rock solid was a, was a solid race. Um, yeah. They had different distances. They catered for many, many different people, um, and that was really sad when they went. But I think sometimes what happens is is races try and once they become established they do like one year and they have one or two races and then next thing you know they're doing three different venues around the country and they're trying to put on six races a year because they're trying to compete against the likes of Rat Race the likes of Spartan and it's right, just they, not going to happen no because they're they're known in that geographical location they're known where they face where they built themselves, and when they go yeah. on oh, we can transfer that from Essex to the lake district and the people in the lakes go with oh, yeah 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 uh, it's, 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 it's just many people that will travel you know yeah, yeah you might get a couple hundred but you're not going to get thousands are you travel from essex to lake district no. even if it's in the most amazing race you know oh, i mean what's the point now in right. the spartan series where I, well me personally i'm thinking well i'm even picking and choosing spartan races now because you know you end up traveling. I'd rather. Well, funny enough, I'd rather go abroad and race some of the races abroad than do a couple in England now. And I think some of the top level guys are getting like that. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I and, mean, even the the level like you got your 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 guys. You know, you, you're at the top end winning those races. But even with the guys like us, you know, where we're dipping in and out of elite races, we we'll race age group. We're even looking at like the standard of racing. We're looking at toughest, and we have been for years, you know, and OCR series, that looks incredible. Like, I can honestly think next year, a lot of us, our level, will be saying, do you know what? I'm going to sign up and do a trifecta for Spartan because they've only got three race series. And So with that three race series, it's ridiculous. like, you're basically making the elites and the age groupers go, I'll go and do those three races, and then I'm starting off doing something else.
0: Yeah, and if you're looking, especially like OCR series, the way their races are, they're in like Holland, kind of Belgium, places that you could get to for probably the same, a similar price as going up to like the Scotland beast or, <laughs> Yeah, over to the Island Super and Sprint Weekends. Or even getting around depends where you live in the UK. And we're seeing yeah. like the Mudskill Machines are going over and doing the OCR series um the nuclear phoenix guys have been doing the toughest and I think a couple of them are in the in the series for that for the year so yeah, I think he's in the in the series for that yeah so yeah. It's, I definitely think you could be right there could be a rise in um kind of uk athletes taking on these abroad series races for different things
1: but is I that think? is that good for the uk or is that yes. bad for the uk I, I think mean, that's, I think that's good for the uk in terms of um, improving our ability to compete on the world stage with the, the top athletes, guys like yeah. Um, yeah, because, uh, we don't have that level of event or that level of technical event in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Very I mean, true. I mean, if definitely, you... I mean, it's a double edged sword. Sorry to jump in on that. It's, it's a double edged sword. It's, if a lot of elite races are needing to go abroad to get better technically and compete against better races then you know look at the like the female elite for a spartan you got seven seven women in there and some of those seven women will be like oh well andrew's turned up natasha's turned up like nikki's turned up becky Wendell. like as soon as they turn up they're like oh well i'm not going to get a top place i'll run age group instead. yeah and then straight away they run age group they then win age group has a knock-on effect, uh, effect for those age group races who then go well, they're now in my group, so I'm not going to win, so I'm not going to try. So it's good in a way because the next group will be able to step up, but bad in a way because, like, all of our elite racers are kind of bored. Yeah, I mean, for me, age group shouldn't be something that you step down to. Like, right. if you've been running elite, you run elite, but don't step down to age group because it suits you or you, you know, that's another yeah. topic <laughs> um, yeah yeah sorry yeah <laughs> another topic
0: for another chat but yeah. yeah but yeah if we take um ocr euros in poland this year and yeah. um, they put out the percents of people from different countries that have signed up and i think uk were in the nope. go and take on yep. this event but we don't have an event that is like luke we lost you a little bit there mate go back some. to what you were saying So yeah, the OCR Euros in Poland. um, We've got a huge amount of racers, maybe the top three in the percentages that are going to the race, but we don't have anything in the UK that is very similar to what the race will be. Do you think that will be like a a hardship for our racers, especially maybe the age groupers who haven't travelled as much?
1: I I do think that will negatively impact sort of how they how they do and how they compete over there, Uh because as you say, we don't have anything that in the same way in the UK you know there's not that sort of relentless race yeah 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 I agree I think like you know the only thing that you've got that's remotely similar is is nuclear, but their aim is always have technical obstacles but at the same time it's based on the fun runner completing um, we haven't got any races which are fundamentally just purely competitive like even Spartan like the, the the obstacles you know other than body weight obstacles like I can't lift the hoist anymore but um, other than that you know it is what it is um, yeah we haven't got the, the the same quality I don't think in this kind of basis we tried it um, toughest tried to come over here and do the UK and I think they got the venue wrong for their style of race. I don't I don't think Tippingford was the right venue for them, but I don't think the UK market is is there for a race of that type. Well, I don't think we have the quality of technical races. No, and that's because people will go to it and get frustrated and fail, they won't go back and mm. they won't get the numbers they need to put on the race. It'll be interesting to see what the European Championship is like this this year after last year when everyone like really like <laughs> had ruckus about or oh, it's like Ninja Warrior of course, it's grit, all this. I mean it'll be interesting to what it's like this year, whether they turn it down. Um I think he did barbarian this year and he just said it was just so grip heavy, like rig after rig after rig. But you know what you're expecting if you go going over there. Yeah. Um so it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. You know, I think there needs to be a balance. There definitely needs to be those technical grip-based obstacles that, you know, you need technique and strength and skill to get through. But then you also need to test other elements of people's ability. OCR has always been about technical aspects of your... Yeah. Can you hold on to something and lift yourself off the floor? Yeah. I think that, you know, you've got nuts. Nuts is one of them. Um, that's one of those courses where actually I don't think Nuts needs that technical area. Um, no, I would agree. Um, it, it's, it's one of those which just, I think a British style of racing is or has been about basically just wearing you down over time. Um, so adding technical obstacles, that's why we're so far behind. Whereas places like South Africa, um, Poland, the European countries, they literally went straight in to grip obstacles, like very technical stuff, Ninja Warriors type of things. Yeah. Um, And that's why they're light years ahead of us. We had we had monkey bars and rings, and that was, you know, well, that's what grip-based obstacles are. We don't need anything else. Well, I remember how excited the UK community got about getting rings. (laughs) It was was just like the excitement about Helix at uh, Spartan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny, I um I re watched the um last year's World WC re- replay on the website and it was quite funny to see John Album go from almost last to first in those ditches and then the car the carry the wreck bag. And it was funny because you see Brian Atkins there and Thomas Van Tonda, all these built grown lads, but yet you've got little old Johnny uh you know, album that's like way less to me flying through those ditches. And you just think, well, that's, that is typical. You know, he's used to that. He's used to that just hard, you know, like I remember Ryan Atkins finishing that race and I was in the sort of finishing bit and he came over and was chatting to some of the guys and he was just saying he, he didn't hate it, but it wasn't his style of OCR. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see if those guys are going to come back this year and if they're going to train that style of OCR, you know, like you said, the mud pits, the, that sort of grinding down of just, I mean, nuclear is brilliant, isn't it? Just of like, fields and fields and fields. There's no mountains, there's no, there's no views. You don't need them. <laughs> it, it, it is that, it's that cloud field where you can't sort of, it, you're constantly watching your ankles. And you can't, you've constantly just got to be on top of watching where your feet are the whole time. And then, you know, if we, were re- we were lucky last year with the weather. If we get rain this year, it's cold. <laughs> <again. laughs> We were very lucky with the weather last year actually, weren't we? Very lucky. Yeah, completely. I think if we um if we get any rain or if it's freezing cold, like Adam, you were there twenty fifteen when we did the world's in Ohio. higher yeah. And you had two different races. You had the first like, I don't know, five, six waves, wasn't it? And it was freezing cold. Yeah. Ob schools were so so cold it was ridiculous. Oh, well, yeah, I and went off in had... the heat wave, there, yeah. Yeah, and then you had all of a sudden loads of heat, but all of the village was in the shaded area so everyone just got hyperthermic and it was ridiculous like I think we've been quite lucky like what one day of rain in Canada yeah otherwise we've had lovely weather Um, Essex we had great weather all weekend we've been pretty fortunate Um, but yeah if it rains it's going to be an absolute mud bath and other countries aren't going to like it I can possibly see a lot of the UK races doing really well because we're just generally used to those conditions, aren't we? You yeah, know, very, not very often we go to a race venue and it's, it's nice conditions for us. No. Yeah. You know, whether it be cold or your fingers, you know, I'm surprised how many people actually suffer with like rain in this country. You know, yeah. I've like, four or five women, let alone men, that actually struggle with like having cold hands and that, which is crazy. Yeah, they've picked the wrong sport if you ask me, but there you go. Yeah, and, yeah, true. Nat, Nat really suffers with the cold. Yeah, and that does uh, James Burton, Andrew Piquez, would you believe. So some of the good races suffer. Um, coming back to your series, do you think and um, I'm hoping so, but do you think someone like a Strong Viking and OCR series will actually branch out to the UK? Um, I, I've got a about, about Strong Viking coming over to the UK. You they get to a uk they will? didn't they? That yeah, no, hard. I was speaking um, I actually spoke to Gert, you know, 30 weekend. and um, mm-hmm. They are looking at the possibility of doing strong biking in the UK. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I remember, well, I think when Tapis came over, originally they were looking at coming over, strong biking and things, but they were using Toughist as like a sort of test of water kind of thing. So I know that they held back. Um, but yeah, it's great news if they are going back to thinking about it. That's really good. I think with, um, with, uh, Eventry obviously being at nuclear this year, I don't know. I, I think it's normally a two year contract, so I can't see him being passed this year. I can't see him here next year. No. I know, I don't know. I did think, I probably should be saying this. I thought I heard that they were looking at setting up a series as well. Um, I know he bought land over here or bought, potentially bought some land to store some stuff. So whether nuclear will go into a bit of a series, I don't know. Um, I yeah, actually, um, other than Challenge Cup, I've never really done a nuclear, so I can't really say too much about it. Um, I will be doing the worlds this year, just out of why not, because it's here, but it's not normally my racing, because like I say, rig, rig dominant is not my thing. I like yeah. racing buckets. Yeah, you weirdo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 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 You're, You'll, you'll no. be on, uh, you'll be on strength on the team event then. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the thing, I think it's, um, I don't know with entry what they're doing or where they're planning to go through next. Um Yeah, it, it, knowing the guys, like they keep everything quite guarded. So even though they've got land um, or storage space for their stuff, it is just for all their stuff. It could be to move it on into a European country, or it could be that it's better all here, and then it's going to sit here for two years, and then they go to a European country in two years' time. You know, I don't know. Yeah, what so. their plans are, no matter how many times I ask Adrian <laughs> and try and dig, um, yeah, I don't, I don't get anything out of him. Yeah. <anything> <laughs> <either>. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, it would be great if someone does a series, like an OCR series, um, but see what happens. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's something that the sort of competitive raiders in the UK need. It's just whether the, General runners in the UK market will go yeah. and, and give the numbers. and event like that needs to. Yeah, I mean, then the uh, day, it's a business, isn't it? And the business needs to run. And unfortunately, unfortunately, fortunately, it's the open waivers that run the business, not those guys that want to run age group or elite. You know, we're a sheer few hundred over the thousands that they need to get. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because, like, uh, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Adrian on, and he was basically saying that. The 100-meter thing they've got going this year, they've only been able to do that because, obviously, they're backing it on to something they've already got. Like, for a company to come in and just do a 100-meter race is yeah. impossible in England because they wouldn't afford to be able to do it. There's not enough yeah. money in it. Um, but I do think that whole short course thing is very interesting, and I do think that could be another element. We're always going on the podcast about how now OCR is breaking into these different sections of different races. You know, you're going to get the race that likes to sort of long distance, uh, even like the Euros, matter, like 12 hour, 15 hour, 24 hour, that type of thing. You know, you're going to get then you sort short course 3k and now even shorter, you know, your 800, 100 meter. You have the quicksand at the weekends, you know, a mile. So it, I think, I think something like that. If someone like, I don't know, Red Bull wouldn't do it. I've already spoke to Red Bull. They're not doing it, but if they could bring up like a quicksand with obstacles and do it like one a month through the summer, they, they, I mean, they have done a couple of obstacle races now, and they? They did one in it either in December or January in the snow. Yeah, yeah. And then they do conquer the castle as well in Denmark, which is a yeah. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. All oh, yeah. really cool concepts as well. Like, but, oh, but Red Bull's concepts, were like the the Red Bull 400 going off the ski slope. Like, it's not something that I want to do. I'm not a fan of hills anyway. But like, I might even have a crack at that just because it looks. Ridiculous. The cool event as a thing, one-off. Yeah. yeah, but I'll do it once. I wouldn't <laughs> sign up and do it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's Red Bull, the over, is, isn't it? It, it? Maybe, maybe they're changing a little bit. But it is that, like, come and do it. You're gonna love it. You know, it's yeah. just a wacky idea, a challenge, something crazy. I mean, like that, conquer the castle, and the one you are on about. I can't, I, I can't think what it was called. It was. Freezing cold in the in the snow. Do you know what I mean yeah. we talk about rain? But, you know these guys are trying to do these rigs and obstacles in like ridiculous temperatures. Yeah. Uh, um, and I know I've been to Red Bull um, guy that deals with the UK side, and he was said they were looking at Scotland to do a couple of sort of OCR races, but they wanted to do it crazy. They wanted to do it like highest peak they could find the coldest weather they could find. I was like, we're well, only going to get a certain amount of people wanting to come and do that. But yeah. like you said, we're not doing it for the money. We're doing it because we're Red Bull. Yeah. yeah. And I think well, they, they've got that brand behind them where people are going to go, it's a Red Bull event. Yeah. yeah. Look, look at Neptune's steps. Like the first year that we did it was 87 people and they gave out drive overs to everyone and put on free food and drink. Now you don't get any of that. <laughs> you get a cap. <laughs> yeah well, but sorry first year was a five pound donations charity for uh five pound donations charity if you felt like it so you didn't even have to put a five pound donation you could put a pound down and you got a drive over out of it um and i think i had about 48 cans of red Bull from that weekend <laughs> yeah <laughs> now got, You're not, red <laughs> <ball>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, but now, like, as an event, now they're getting actual. It's weird with Red Bull because they get a natural, like, progression where people are like, now triathletes are coming in, swimmers are coming in, people OCR are like, oh, I still want to do it, even though they're not getting a dry robe out of it and stuff like that. Um, so people do, like, they sign up to the Red Bull events, they love them, and that, but they are weird and wacky. Like, it's not sustainable for a typical OCR. RD in the UK. No, they'll, they'll come up with something. They'll do it for three, four years and they'll go, right, what's next? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be great if the OCR series could come over and do something over here, but they have to pick the right venue. Pippinford, I don't think, is the right venue. No. Um, I think, what, what was Pippin like? What, well, I mean, I've never done a race there. What was it? Why would you say it wasn't the right venue? it's for like toughest where it's so grippy. There's a lot of water. There's, there can be a lot of mud. It also has microclimates. So you can be up top on the hill and it can be a really gusty wind, um, like destroying marquees, um, down in the bottom. It can be quite warm or it completely flips on you. It can be down in the woods and it can be freezing cold and it can be super sunny at the top of the hills. Um, I think that if you're going to do, a very grippy event. And I think mass market, I mean, like men's health, like surprised yeah. they're not doing survival of the fitness anymore because that in itself was, they were getting, I think 10,000 people in at the weekend. Really? Like, so yeah, like, I, I remember watching channel four. I don't know, maybe like 2011, t- 12 maybe and coverage on the morning and they were like cameras were following the leaders and it was some guy called ross mcdonald and uh john Alban um who were battling it out for one two um and they were running around and yeah i remember watching it and thinking this is some weird sport like who does this like through a pile of tires doing some obstacles some weird stuff um and then that was my ended up being my first race around Battersea men's health and um then I met John and Ross and all that sort of thing. And yeah, it was a tighter community back then um, of different races and stuff. But um, I think if someone came in with a grip kind of thing, I think it should be urban, man. Go urban. Like, yeah. Say, you you say look at right? a, lot of, the, a lot, the, lot of the ones toughest to do. they're sort of part urban, part trail or part urban proxite. Yeah. They have that urban element. So, yeah. Amsterdam, Copenhagen—is um, it Copenhagen where they run around actual Copenhagen? Yeah, all on all on tarmac, um, yeah, and they even cross the, the, the canals.
0: Yeah, so you, could, the you could do
1: like a, a city tour, then, couldn't you? You could do London, Manchester, but like you, Liverpool, you could literally do a race in each city. See, that's a real appeal. And I yeah, I think mean, yeah. the mix of everyone there. I think so. I think so. Also, as well, it's like you're taking away. You can still have water, but you're taking away the element of mud and that's yeah. that's the big issue the water you can still do obstacles like right? you dry hands off you can run a bit rub them on the ground whatever you dry them off it's the mud that sticks you know makes everything slippery um which becomes the issue with racing But so then do you think like obviously mud being typical uk ocr do you think they need it like i always find that people go oh shit we haven't got enough mud throw some mud in spartner i mean they've got it they're taking the water out funny enough but do you think people think they have to stick to this? Oh, OCR in UK is water, is mud. Let's put more in. Or do you think RDs are thinking, you know what? You know, let's, let's branch out. Let's do some different things. You know, let's come up with different obstacles. You know, it's I a good think- chance to have that another level of OCR in the UK now, isn't it? It is. And I think we're starting to see that, that sort of step away from mud, 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 mud at the mm-hmm. moment. You know, I think nuclear have sort of you know if you look at what News was like two years ago <laughs> it was you know they wanted muddiest fence and, yep. and all about the mud and they still kept that element, you know they kept things like Ebenezer and, and the mud but they toned it down slightly to allow them to develop those technical technical obstacles as well. And yep. the the way they start they, they're now planning out their courses and designing their courses. They're giving you the opportunity to sort of clean down before you, before, after you get through the mud, before you get to the next technical Yeah. They're not going, right, here's a really muddy bit where you're going to get up to your neck in mud. Now do the monkey. And that's what I think is a lot of time with UK races. It used to be that, like, you're suddenly running through a mud pit and next thing you know, you've got some stupid grip, X, like, where there was no, like, thinking about the course a bit of planning like right okay we're going to send you through this mud but now we're going to send you through this water now we're going to give you some sawdust to rub your hands so that you can do this grippy obstacle beforehand it was you're running through this mud pit now you're doing this oh you're failing the munch bars oh you can do munch bars and then people were like oh i'm not doing this race you know and that's why sometimes i'm a bit i love nuts i used to work at nuts i used to do training all these different things, um, but sometimes I'm a bit like you don't need the training area. Um, you know, you just turn it into a like a mud fest and a, and just punishment and you'll still have an amazing race. Not nuts is about survival, not about the technical skill. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's good to have that. You have those survival races and it's good to have other avenues of different races. People want to do just grip work then go and do, like, you know, Spartan now that they've taken out water, it's great. <laughs> um, you know, and then it comes down to how, he- how heavy can you lift a bucket, you know, and then down to how fast you can run on the day.
0: Tom, where do you think, like, these uh, races have developed from that, from the very mud-orientated stuff? Where do you think they've seen races abroad? Do you think they've taken feedback from races and organisations in the UK about how to structure their races? Do you see that being the progression?
1: yeah i think definitely i think people over the years we've expanded where we've raced um you know going to the worlds has opened our eyes up a lot seeing how different races operate going to example like you know i went to spartan Worlds in 2015 ran up a mountain heavy bucket carries but they were doable hoist was doable but they had some technical obstacles in there but they were they were clever with their placements, so you weren't covered in mud when you hit the technical stuff. Um, and then having the likes of Toughest, having the likes of OCR series where they're a bit more sensible in their placement, we're into travelling the board. And I think that's allowing us to develop more technical races. And hopefully in time, if we can get better at that, I mean, we perform better at the world's. Because yeah. I think that's where we, we're, we're lacking. We've got some really good runners. We've got some really good technical obstacles as such. Um, but I think when it comes to grip exercises, you look at the, the Danish or the Swedes, and they're smashing up rig after rig after rig, and we're two rigs in and we're pumping our forearms. arms. But do you think that comes down to the athletes not really knowing what they're doing from a coaching point of view? Um. Yeah, it can be, in the training side of things. You know, you, you want to get better at uh, heavy carries and go and lift heavy stuff. Um, I think we're now seeing the PT barn and some other um places where you can practice technical obstacles. People are buying uh, rigs from like Fozzy, um, mm-hmm. which is great. He's making these these um great little training rigs and things like that that you can practice these. great twisted in their back garden. Yeah. Whereas I think that we didn't have access to three years ago to, to that. It only kind of sort of came on because of the world. I think the world in itself has brought on the world of obstacle racing competitively, um, leaps and bounds. Um, and we, have, we never saw a, a stairway to heaven in the UK until after 2016, when we all went to Canada for the first time and went, "What the hell is this thing?" Like? Yeah. Yeah. Do I go over it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is like, oh, you want me to go underneath, and then I've got to reach across to the top? And I'm not allowed to use my feet, I'm sorry, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. And there um, weren't the preview videos of the new obstacles back then either. It was just, no. yeah, you've got your hand, but saying, this is what it is. But you're like, okay, but I've not seen one of the I don't know what it looks like. I, I really do hope that OCR grows the way it's still growing because I want to see it in 10, 15, 20 years. I want to see what the obstacles are like because we're going to, it's going to have to have changed. Or do you think it'll do a full circle where it comes back to mud and buckets again? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, do you think it will go away and come back because people go, Let's get back Reto retro, um, yeah. it's style to, retro yeah. races. Yeah. It's already there. Let's do it. Let's it now. Here's, here's two hell barrels. Uh, there's a wall and one cargo net <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the rest of it's a 5K run. <laughs> um, no, I think with in terms of where you can go with obstacles, there's only so much that you, like if you're going to go with a hundred metre course, like you can go like mental with the grip obstacles and weird and wacky and all that kind of Spider-wall, stuff. wall. I thing, yeah. think, yeah, and I think mean, when you're going into actually racing, you know, remember what our bread and butter is—is is it's a cross-country run, it's a five to ten k run. In terms of having weird and wacky obstacles, there's only so much that you can really do within that race environment, um, mm. and it's going to be variations of that. Um, you know, sometimes you got... I think for me the most creative obstacle I still I think I've seen during the last three four years is dragon's back. Yeah. I don't get that. I don't get that obstacle. It's not (laughs) a hard obstacle. It's not. When the first time you come up to it, and stand there, it's a mental thing, because it looks about three times as far away as it is. Well, the the one they have at Nuclear is literally a one big step. I'm, what, five, six, I can just step across. Yeah. The the one one, that, in Worlds, that we originally hit, but you literally were like, I saw some woman jump and hit the bar and, like smash her front teeth out. Um, it's a mat. You had to jump. It was. It was a. You couldn't just step across. Yeah. You had to jump, and it was really high, higher than what nucleus is. The gap was, I would say, double to three times the distance. I'd say. Um, double, yeah. And I think they've actually made it smaller, like the previous, the the the, the later worlds. Um, well, I think it was in twenty sixteen, wasn't there the video of uh, Nicole Miracle? Coming up. Yeah. First time ever. Jumping, missing, falling down. Yeah, literally just land it like it's one of have you seen that Tough Mudder video where the guy runs up the ramp and just hits and face plants and slides down it. Yeah. Like that's funny, but actually when you're seeing elite racers do that, you suddenly go, Wow. Yeah. There's a mental side to things of racing. Um and sometimes with OCR the most simple obstacles are the best. And I because it's you still want to race at the end of the day. If you have Literally, like twenty people lining up to do an obstacle because they're retrying. That's not a race anymore. Not a race anymore. It's not a race anymore. Like you're just competing for places to possibly get a medal at the end of the day. You know, like racing should be, obstacle should be about fluidity. Should be about flow. The best racers, like you watch John, you watch Ryan, you watch some of the best obstacle races in the world. Okay. They literally flow through obstacles. Yeah, for DJ Jones on beta. Oh yeah, yeah. Fantastic and it's creeped done Yep, And that's the thing is, it's about flow. Whereas I think the a lot too many races are about brute strength and not about actual technique. Yeah, and I think it's, you know if you can design an obstacle that is there, that is completable, but there to disrupt the running and test a few elements of skill and get you through it, brilliant. If what you're going out to do is try and design an obstacle so you can cut John Alden's band, I think you've got the wrong idea of what you're doing with that obstacle. Yeah, that's not obstacle course racing. That's that's Ninja Warrior TV shit. You know, it it should be about literally 85% of like a race should complete an obstacle, right? Complete every single obstacle, 85%. The rest of the 15% should be failing like, oh, I couldn't do that. Right, okay, how do I train to get better at that? Mm-hmm. Right, so that 15% goes off and does monkey bars. They come back to the next year. They then smash that monkey bars. They become one of that 85%. Or they come up against another obstacle. say they stay away to heaven, right, get better at pull-ups, get a crest that thing. You train for it, you get better at it. That is a simple obstacle. It's hard, but you can train for it. I think sometimes when there's stuff it you know, but the only way that you can train for it is if you take two or three days two or three hours every day to train for it, then it's not an obstacle race,
0: you know. I think if you're you're talking about flow of obstacle course races and a great kind of race style, if you look at Leon Kafor, the Danish guy, yeah. um, his performance at the Barbarian race in Poland, um, yeah. who actually was lucky enough to go out there, and race same race as him, just watching him on those obstacles his flow through them is unreal. and oh, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. He, oh, he just he's... moves perfectly for them. He is the perfect short course built racer. Yeah. And that race style, the Arrow event, which was the very short course one, is a great race style that would be able to be duplicated in other areas, maybe the yep. UK. Um, but yeah, the perfect flow which is what you were saying, he utilises that on the yeah. obstacle to get through it effortlessly. And I know he trains probably two, three, four hours a day. He trains very hard. Um, but yeah, that is the perfect example you yeah. were saying his flow was unreal through that. Wait,
1: that. And that's what I think a lot of, you've had that chance to see him on a course and that is, you watch those people. Like I've spoken to John and he's like, The best obstacle racer, the best flow is this guy. And he points him out and you literally watch him and just like, like I missed it. I blinked and I missed how well he did that obstacle because it's so good that you don't realize how good he is. It's funny you say, um, VJ Jones on the egg beater, but I watched him do the monkey swing on twister and I actually paused it, rewinded it and watched it about 15 times, of just how easy, so I was yeah. like, no way, you know, I try that like, every freaking time, and <laughs> <laughs> I think, <laughs> I watch everyone else on, yeah. on Twister, and it's everything, go backwards. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's like, that's some like of sure. them, yeah, yeah. look like they're struggling, but he just makes it look so, bloody easy. <laughs> yeah, he <has> a forward, <laughs> monkey swing, like that, and yeah, but yeah. like, not even like a breath, he's like got a smile on his face, I think he even yeah. sticked, tongue out yeah. at one point, it's like, Poor four swings across the whole thing. But it's yeah. the same as like, I was filming John Aber at the Worlds last year and um, we'd just come off a podcast so he sort of knew who I was and he came off something, again. He, he was doing jokes at the side as he was running along. He was like playing, making jokes. Have you ever seen, um, I think we did a video or Pete Reese did a minute, a video in school where he's filming John at, I think it was one of the original Dirty Weekends and basically he puts his average pace up and John's having a chat with him. The whole way through. How are you feeling, John? Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm doing good, Pete. Like I'm feeling alright. And it comes up, flashes up. Three twenty three K three twenty three minutes, twenty three seconds a kilometre, and he's able to have just a ridiculous conversation.
0: Like what, John's what's got back, like, Miles, sorry, I'm all oh, too
1: sorry Zaz, Miles, so um Anyone? Or 30 or 30 miles? Something like no five 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 minutes. Just some five minutes, Mark. Like Fucking quick. quick. <laughs> yes, <laughs> basically, uh, do the maths in my head quickly, really stupid fast. Um, but that's where obviously he's a different level. John's got this ridiculous lactic threshold that, like, he doesn't. He yeah, can push on. It's ridiculous. Um, you should get like James Appleton and have a conversation without him. It's it's quite funny when he's just like some fair, some fair that he's got this lactic threshold that he can just push and not feel this pain. Um, but yeah, like it's, I think with any obstacles, that the way the UK races are, you have to, at the end of the day, you have to think it's a race at the end of the day. Obstacles will be about fluidity, not about taking people's bans. So. Do, do you think we'll have a bit like, I always give it like the cycling sky effects. Do you think, I think we definitely had it this year after last year, but do you think we'll have... Um, and I think I'm talking more sort of open groupers now, open waivers. Do you think we'll have a, an influx of more people participating in OCR in the UK after the World Champs again this year? Um, it's the end, isn't it? Because there's no real more records other than Nuts. It yeah. goes quiet, doesn't it? That's what I mean. Other than Challenge Cup and Nuts, Winter Nuts, it goes quiet again, unfortunately. So, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a difficult one where... I think there could be that influx of where more people will race because of the worlds, but I think it, it's a case that it's down to us as racers, like, you know, the yourselves as elite racers, age group racers, to publicise the worlds as much. And that's where, like, say, with Team UK, what we're trying to do is obviously promote those international championships, um, and get that buy-in of that side of things because we want to promote the UK OCR team, um, where I think it's that kind of thing where there is that influx, whatever, you know, same as the Olympics, everyone started taking up athletics <laughs> off athletics straight after the Olympics and things like that. You do get that boost. Um, but I think we need to promote more um, as individual racers, more with a band. I think it's great. The Spartan pro team. Now, finally, in the UK, we've got a Spartan pro team. I think that's right, going to yeah, help. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Um I think that's going to help. Um, but again, it depends on how much they spot and push that in terms of advertise that and push it more and market that. Yeah. Um, the guys in the US get a lot of support through that and a lot of, you know, a lot of publicity. There's a lot, there's a lot of build up around this is, this is a series race and, you know, the whole week you get the build up. Who's on, who's on what points, where the standings are, who's going to win this week. So we need, need to see that sort of thing happening. Uh, Out of interest, do you think Team UK, do you think OpenMyVidGDF, do you think they care about elites? Uh, Team UK, I think we, we do. Um, like, I think the races within Team UK, it's people we look up to in terms of elite. What I think, yeah, I mean, the problem that we have, um, not a lot of, like, we've got obviously some elites that have joined Team UK as in joined the Facebook group they don't necessarily wear the kit because they don't buy it. They don't, they're like, well, I'm representing my country, um, that kind of thing. It would be great if more elite races wore the Team UK stuff. Unfortunately, until we can, OCR big enough to get decent sponsorship, we can't supply tops for everyone. And that's why we obviously are saying that you have to buy your own kit. Um, but also what we do in Team UK, like, We are non-profit. We take no money, no kickbacks whatsoever. We take all of our, we pay for all of our own kit. The guys that run Team UK, um, we pass on any discounts. We pass them straight onto the races. Like last year, we basically knocked off about 40 quid off the, the limited edition OCR Wells tops. Um, then we've come out with our own kit, which is going to last for a couple of years. Um, I think if we saw more. Team UK best, they're looking really good. Yeah, and that's the thing. If we had more people who were the top racers wearing that, then I think we would have more buy-in. Um, With that, I think the possibly the way to do that is, you know, because a lot of the top racers do have their own sponsors as well. That's a difficult part. That's a difficult part, but it's a, possibly about getting those sponsors to possibly contribute some for that individual racer and then – yeah, backwards. I know. But now they, they race the Spartan, Spartan Pro. They're like, you know, they're they they're not going to Spartan. aren't going to give us any money for Team UK. No. <laughs> um, Do you but, think
0: maybe yeah. to bridge that kind of gap, instead of maybe a top, if the top UK racers had the emblem or the logo on their kit,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah I think something along of,
0: those lines as a medium. So not the official kind of kit, but still representing with the Team UK logo something just a visual uh, increase because that might yeah be really to start something like that
1: yeah that's the kind of thing is like you know the eventual aim for team uk is to with you know i've, I've spoken to people about sponsorship but until we get like obviously team uk kit with say rack to in or like craft mm-hmm. or anything like that on the kit or them making the kit or anything like that um it's not going to happen until we actually get people wearing the Team UK kit who are on top of the standings. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's so like we're in that Catch-22. To be wearing it. Yeah, and we're in that Catch-22 where it looks like Team UK are just a bunch of open waivers and age groupers. But we've got people like who wear the kit and they're, they're, they win their races and stuff. Um, but it's, it's trying to develop it more because eventually we do want it to become kind of that team UK where we are right, like, okay, you've now qualified for OCR Worlds, here's your top that kind of thing eventually. But we're light years away from that at the moment. But yeah, it's um I mean we do look up all of the elite racers, everyone in the sport, I think we have a lot of support underneath to the top racers. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. people look up to Tristan, they look up to you guys like Luke Look, Jack, they look up to you as Spartan races. They see you in and on the podiums. People go, Do you know what? I want to try and be that. Yeah. You and know? that's thing. I, and like, speaking for Mosca as well, when we do a lot of the stuff we do, we publicize the results and, and things like that. You know, the biggest thing, the biggest reaction we had recently was Spartans' fair weekend, sort of giving these the first uh, results from Spartans, putting the podium shots up. And you know, the community was like oh, brilliant. Congratulations to the guys on top. And, you know, those posts were really popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think with like, you know, the sport needs the open waivers. Yeah. it mm-hmm. needs general Joe blogs. Um, they're just, they bring the money in. But what drives the sport on is the elites and actually like is trying to get everyone to work together towards that common goal. If that makes yeah. sense, yeah. um. So we will drive to that. boost. Yeah, yeah. You know, we will, we will report on on the elites and, and promote the hell out of that. And then we will also go. But we're going to do a fun way. We can come about and spend three hours doing a five k and having a laugh. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. you know, from years of working with muscle, that is, you know, it, it's the uh, following the elites. I've run around enough times running after John and. Few of the others and things. Um, yeah, to keep up with the cameras and fun. Uh, it's good to know the shortcuts on the course. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's that difficult thing of trying to find that balance between the elites and the open wavers and making sure that there's that connection, making it sure that people go, I can do that. And that's where I think it comes back to coming full circle on obstacles, which are doable for 85% of the the basis the because then they can still think, Oh, how do I get better? Well, actually, if I just got faster, I could compete. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what people don't see and talking as an elite racer now is the effort and the hard work we put in. I, I think sometimes I'm, um, I might be 100% wrong here. I don't know. And I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think a lot of people, um, I mean, as I coach as well, a lot of open members yeah. um, do a little bit here and there, do a little bit of training. And yeah, okay, they might do ten, fifteen mile weeks so or they might do some grip work, and they might go to their local workshops or whatever. They don't quite realise how much even like John Alban, I mean he's doing obviously more to get on top of that. And but even those guys that are winning these races, you know Completely almost a full time job. Yeah. Oh uh, completely. People have no idea. Yeah, like, it's, it's, the it's five AM morning to get up and go and train. It's, yeah. People don't see that. They 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 see what you do but that it's it's having that accessibility, and then they suddenly go, oh, okay, well, actually, if I just got faster, how do I do it? And that's where it comes into coaching, programs, learning how to become more of a consistent runner. Um, but, yeah, they, like people don't know or see what you guys do every day. Or, um, or the other way as well, you might get people that go, do you know what, I haven't got the time to commit to – you know, running 60 mile weeks and doing five hours of grip work and all this. I just do it for fun. You know, yeah. I'm going to be your weekend warrior and turn up to every race I want to, you know. And, and have some, God knows how some of these fine having enough have the money. Like, I try to work out one of my clients the other day. And thinking, you've raced the last six weekends. And you know, how can you afford that? But, <laughs> um, well, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, you can't. Like, I think I worked out, I had one year where I used to go, so obviously I used to work for Mud School for years and work alongside Pete. Um, and I think I worked out for the year. If I wasn't working out for Mud School, I think it was about two and a half grand. Yeah. And that was kit races. And I was doing three races in a weekend. And I did that. I think my longest consistent streak was a minimum of two races per weekend for 16 weeks back to back. <laughs> I, I remember. <laughs> Oh, the good old days when you could do that. <laughs> now you can't. Yeah. Now I'm just, comp- now because of that, I'm completely broken, literally 90% of the time. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I, I think people don't realize how much the elites put in. Um, mm. and they just, people, and that's the thing with OCR. What's great in a way, what's great about it is that you can just turn up and just say, sod it. I'm going to run 30 miles and do an obstacle course race because it's just playing in the playground. Um and they don't see how like, you know, you guys are running on an like running full pelt at the pace that you guys put down at a Spartan. Like man, like it's ridiculous to be on that edge the whole time. People don't see that. They see you at the beginning and then they see you at the end. And then they see you five minutes later and you're laughing and joking, but they go, Oh look, he's put that in his stride. They don't realise it's your training that's allowed you to then recover.
0: The race is the fun there. part. The race. Yeah. The race
1: is the easy part in the, the day. You can't really do a lot. You know, a week leading to a race like now for Ireland, we can't. There's nothing we can do that's going to improve other than drugs. There's nothing we can do that's going to improve our performance. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, the, the the training's been done weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Yeah. The, and and the, people won't put that in because if you think about it, like what weeks and weeks and weeks ago is winter. Yeah. And that's that's the difference between. What makes an open waiver and, a, 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 and then a competitive runner? So I'm talking age group or elite because there's some really competitive runners in age group. Um, and that's the difference. They don't see that commitment, the dedication. Um, you know, I have as a personal trainer, I have people say to me, oh, I want to look like that guy. Yeah, if you're training three times a week for an hour at a time, you're not. Um, you've got to put in the effort and you've got to do this oh what do you mean I've got to train every day for three, four hours you know it's not going to happen and that's where I think it's great having open waivers who can just come along and just do stuff and the elites smash it out I definitely think that's where the divide is Like I asked that question originally because I feel like some of the RDs and some of the races uh, RD races they don't they don't really appreciate The top end of the ways, like I say, they worry too much about the money. And that's my fear at OCR in the UK, that it is more about the money than the actual sports. I mean, not saying that we have got like mudsicle, like UT UK. There's a lot of RDs out there that love the sport. But if you lose that sport aspect and it goes more into a business aspect, which I think Spartan has got to and Tuffer certainly has got to that level, you know, even nuclear to a certain extent, they're on the verge of being a bit too much of a brand rather than a sport. Like, this is why, unfortunately, someone like suffering. Brilliant race, amazing race, gone under. And figure we never know. Do you know what I mean? A load more. Um, that, yeah, that, I think they're doing it for the sport, but again, unfortunately, because the money's not there, they've gone under. I just think that's the yeah. same with the, the levels of athletes as well. You know, all, we are athletes, are all athletes, but the levels. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, I'm not really sure what I'm trying to say, but you know what I mean? No,
0: no, I'll, I'll, I'll be, yeah, carry on. I'll just give an example where uh, me and Jack were at a race uh, maybe a year ago or something and a representative of the race was just like, oh, uh, oh yeah, you guys did, did well in that race, so are you professional? And I was like, no. <laughs> I have a full 40-hour-a-week job. I train before, after, I train when I can. Um, my job is a management style job within the leisure industry, but it doesn't really aid to my training as such. But there is kind of a even from the race organisers kind of side, some of them are disconnected to what the actual standard of the community is. Even the elites are still full time working. There's like Jack has a obstacle course centre, a training place, so here's the opportunity to do a little bit more, but still, there's a lot doesn't of help. work. doesn't help.
1: Well. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You, know, yeah, but you know. know, you're coaching people. that that place,
1: you're not actually training, you're coaching yeah. other people, you know? So that, that becomes that double-edged sword again, you know, finding that time to train yourself, but train other people to bring the money in to allow you to train to then do the races. It's, I think a lot of the elite races, that's that divide. Like, yeah. it's trying to get that balance right, um, you either fully get into it and that's what you do or you go into Open Wave and say, do you know what, sod it, I won't do the amount of training I should do and um, just do as many races as I can. Do you think something like money though could help the sport? Like there's a lot of sports now that have given up prize money, for instance. Do you think that's a way forward? Um, I think I, that, that's one thing that's always sort of separated the UK from the US in a lot of events, Boston especially. You know, you look at Spartan in the U.S., there is prize money for not just series races, they're normal races that aren't part of the U.S. national series, also yep. offer prize money. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's how they get people to put in that training and dedicate themselves and how they develop those top athletes, yeah. For, yeah. that prize money. Um, mm-hmm. And without that sort of financial incentive and financial reward being there, there's not as much incentive, but well, there's still the incentive to train to win and train to be. But that financial element, I think, helps develop. Oh, completely. Completely. I think the, like you're saying, like, just, just Spartan is the best example of the differences you think that you look at, you watch the videos, um, of, US Spartan and they've got the beta and they've got the helix and they've got all these new obstacles and what do we get for the first race of the season (laughs) Um, but also as well it's prize money they still have prize money for the races like you know you've got the series race and then you've got the sprint you know right okay there's still prize money for that you know races which aren't part of the series have prize money Um, and I know they've got much more clout in America and they've got more money behind them. But at the same time, what then happens is you start attracting the competitive people.
0: I think even in the past, talking about Spartan again in the US, you've got, in the series, the top 10 were actually paid out. So you got money all the way down to 10th. And that was for the Stadium Series, the Mountain Series, the US Series. I'm sure it's probably still the same this year. But that still means that if you're a very competitive guy who's getting 8th, 9th, 10th, you're probably making enough money to cover your race costs and enough you a little the,
1: bit. to retain the, those people yeah. to, to do the race. Yeah, yeah. that's the cost. Of, and that's the thing. It's if you can earn enough to at least pay for, you know, for example, going to Ireland this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. It's costing, like, flights have got to pay, Ryanair. an air, you know, you're thinking... Right. You try and save as much money as possible. But say, even if you just said 80 quid to 100 pounds for your flights, then you've got your car hire. Are you traveling with other people that you can split with or by yourself? And then you've got to think, right, hotel. Are you going to have a hotel? Are you going to share Airbnb? All of these things, if you haven't got those people to share with, like mm-hmm. you can think, right, okay, straight away, entry, 50 quid, right? Because I've got season pass and I've upgraded. So I've got that. Then I add in my hotel, it's 100 quid. Then I add my flight and that's another 100 quid. So straight away, it's 250 quid for the weekend. Because it's two races, you're looking at 300 quid for the race. And that's without food. That's without anything else. And that's not sustainable. It's, yeah, it's a 400-pound, 400 450-pound weekend. And that's if you're coming on your own and you haven't got, you know, any family or children with you as well. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is where, like, people are going, oh, why are people pissed off because there's not a trifecta weekend in Scotland anymore? Um, that's why, because yeah. they want to say, Do you know what? I want to maximise the amount of races that I'm doing because I'm spending four hundred quid. And I think, um, I think Spartan. It's going to be interesting this weekend because I think Spartan are going to struggle with the volunteer side of things because they won't get the volunteers out there to help. And I remember last year, me and Luke running that course, and it was like is sparse. where is everyone? <laughs> like literally, there was no, going no one there manning the obstacles. It was like normally I see loads of people in front of me. Like it's fine. I see loads of people. <laughs> <laughs> was like, well, no one at the obstacles making sure people were doing their burpees or? Hundred percent. Last year, I mean, me and Luke could have run past three or four obstacles with no one not watching us. Could have done. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Um, but that was purely down to the fact that. Spartan got caught out and they didn't pull the finger out and they didn't, basically they didn't sort out volunteers. And they've done the same again this year. They've not helped volunteers go over there. So, why is a volunteer going to go over there and pay 400 quid to go volunteer to get,
0: what, another sprint, another super?
1: Or was it a hoodie or possibly a drive robe? No, right. yeah.
0: Not even a drive anymore, is it? It's not Kit Brick's either.
1: <laughs> so, oh, Jesus. i <laughs> are not really getting a lot. So, I just think, well, you know, you pay peanuts, you're going to get monkeys, aren't you? You know, you don't, this is the other thing. And then people get pissed off with the brands. And then the brand thought, oh, it's just one big vicious circle. Yeah. yeah. And, and this, and sort of talking of, of the volunteers for the elite races or, for Spartans, you know, there has to be consistency across how they're enforcing the rules as well. You know, you know, there were people then where saying, Oh, I was told I was allowed to do the voice like this. Oh, I was told I couldn't do that you know, a lot of the time the marshals aren't given full brief for their obstacle for their personal it, And, they're, and then, and then the are changing every freaking race weekend as well. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I get, how hard can it be to say, right, you're the rope guys, you're the spear guys, you're, I know, admittedly, they might come in and out, but out of, if you pick eight people, surely four of them are going to do most weekends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, even if you say to them "Look, like, we're going to pay you, you know, um, you know, I don't get why they can't just give them money. I, I don't get why they have to be volunteers. Um, there's enough, obviously Spartan got enough money in, in it somewhere. Um, and it just makes, the, like you say, the level of racing so much better, especially for us guys. You know, I hate the fact that someone might have come around with a bucket on their shoulder, but they haven't been seen because the volunteer didn't know, you know. yeah. But if that means me losing second position or first position because someone cheated, then that's £3,000 for me. You well never, um enjoying the super like I, I missed the spear throw again god damn it <laughs> but i was doing my burpees and as i'm making my way to that little burpee area some guy's thrown his spear it's gone over the top over the top not for, into the wood not in the house though it's gone over the top and it's hanging down the other side the string is tight but it's not gone in and he's gone it's gone in it's gone in it's gone and the volunteer was like yep and I was just like, that, that doesn't count. I like went living. She went, what do you mean it doesn't count? And I went, he's throwing it over the target. I said, if it goes into the wood, if it goes into bale uh, that's that's cool. I'm like, that's fine. But sure if, not if it goes over yeah, the right. target, you're throwing it over the actual, it's a target. There's clues in the name. <laughs> um And if you're doing that, like that in itself, you like why are you manning that station if you don't know? what it is and it's funny because it's not just spartan because uh the worlds last year i have uh, the drop the bomb you know we had to drop the bomb then yep. yep. people were like do i bring it up to my feet do i bring it out the water i think lindsey webster got told two different rules on two different races it was different on the pro- it was different on the 3k different on the 15 and different on the team what's that all about yeah you know, the first day i think it was pull it up till the blue ribbon touches your feet then it was, pull it up till the bomb touches your feet. And then it was, pull it up till the bomb's out of the water. It, you know. But just little things like that. It's such a simple thing that makes the whole difference the sport. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you can pick apart any sport and you're going to fight like football with VAR at the minute, blah, blah, blah. But these are such things that OCR is, I mean, this is the other issue that we haven't got a governing body of OCR in the country. But they're the sort of things that I think I would bring in and just say, like, all races have to have this. I don't know, a bit like a risk assessment you'd get in a, in a business, you know, that you have to follow an NOP, uh, this yeah. is the NOP, you know, make sure you've got referees, make sure that any penalties are being sorted, make sure your obstacles are this, that, you know. But then it, then when, once you start saying that, it's then the trouble of going, well, how do I make sure this race signs up to abide by those? Yeah. No, we, we tried having a governing body before and it didn't, uh, in the best way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, the thing is, I think, like, a governing body, I think, needs to look at standardisation of obstacles, like, as in health and safety, um, how an obstacle race goes about certain aspects, as in getting volunteers and things. Um, but I think the problem is the previous, the original opera were going through various means. Um, and trying to do unha- underhanded stuff As far as I'm aware Then the next administration Were too concentrated on trying to Create their own Team UK um, And control everything Um As Team UK You know, if there's someone does want to come in And make an opera And do it all properly Then we we'll work alongside But Team UK are Team UK Like we are like England football team to the Football Association. Kind of two separate things.
0: <laughs> I think with World OCR and Ian Adamson heading up that federation, which is slowly dispersing across the world and they are helping out all of the federations in the country. Um, I know they're heavily involved with the Euros, um, yeah. Euros in Poland. It seems like a lot of positive stuff's coming out of there. It's obviously taking time for them to build, and I think World OCR will have a feed in effect to anything that happens in the UK in the future. Yeah. So that yeah, might have a bit more of a structure come down from the top to, uh, to us. Yeah, and I think that's what
1: we need. We need that structure, as in a, like a, it's, you know, that structure support network. Mm -hmm. that can help develop that sport and take the sport in the right direction, whether you have within that, you can then have, right, okay, you've got these short courses, which are all technical and more grip-based, and then you've got the hard slog with the the typical British loads of mud and water and stuff like that, and how you manage it. Yeah, Um, you're almost developing them into different different events, and you're going to have people that specialize at different versions of it. But, yeah. you know, I think for me, if, it, if we were to sort of form a governing body, the thing that I would want to see them do is to actually help races get that foothold, get that security, help them develop so that, mm-hmm. you know, don't see races fall away or disappear. Yeah. And also get races look at, like, instead of trying to go for that, Spartan weekend numbers or tough mother 15,000, like get them to realize that you know their first race might be 200 people, they're gonna make a loss, yeah. But plan it properly as your business plan because if you plan it properly and go to a bank and say, Look, the first year I'm gonna make this, second year I'm gonna make this, third year I'm gonna break even, yeah, banks actually year will go, profit. Okay, we'll lend you the money. Um, yeah, but I think what you happens is the they lose huge profits in year one. Uh, and it's not going to happen, you know. For example, One thought that they could just spend loads of money. Well, I don't even know what's going on with them, but yeah. It, it's people think that they can just come into a sport. Back in 2020, apparently. Back in, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. There's, there's been, there's been radio silence since that announcement, so. Yeah, I, I, I. If I see if they come on and actually put in a race on in 2020, I'll be um hugely surprised. Hugely surprised. I tell you what, I spoke to the RD. He was so confident; it was unreal. So yeah. confident, he was like, "Yeah, seeing all this, how amazing the race was going to be. uh Yeah, going to be. They were going to be televised. Yeah. Well, you know, they used their promo. If you look at their promo video for their event. um, Bearing in mind, I hadn't ever put on an event. Somehow they managed to pinch a load of footage from a load of other races. There's Spartan in there. Um, I think there's, um, Tough Mudder. There's Tough Mudder. There was a couple of rap race videos in there because I've definitely seen, um, footage. Well, I think Warrior Dash in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they definitely pinched a lot of footage that I'd previously seen at some point.
0: So they were screwed from
1: the start, really, weren't they? Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah it's, no good, it's not good people, for them, is it? We want to see people succeed, but at the same time, again, I think it's a case of being honest and, and stuff like that. You know, we want UK bases to do well. Um, it was, we there, it was an interesting UK concept, well. you know. Yeah. It was an interesting concept. to Take it to the beach to to put an obstacle course on a beach and do it that way. Which, if you look up to Scotland, the beach list, it's showing that work, and that's it. that's
0: yeah. been over the last for the couple of years. Yeah, definitely. You look at Red Bull Quicksand, um, having an event on the beach that is a running base one mainly, but there is a market maybe for an OCR on the beach. I think Bibby yeah. Run had a good idea, but they just went around it, maybe. In the wrong way. Way. I think,
1: yeah, it's, it's one of those ones. It would be a great one for spectators as well, because you will get, you'll just, you'll gain spectators from people who just happen to be in the area. Mm-hmm. And that will draw people in. Whereas a lot of OTRs, the only yes. they're watching are typically to watch or yeah. yeah, I mean I did I did quicksand last year, I don't know if you notice this Adam this year, but at uh, Margate, just like the people watching, like not not even like sporty people, but just generally hundreds of people on Margate Pier there just watching the you know, it going on. In that the that has an of Do You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Even the amount of people that say to me, "What's OCR?" and I'm like, "Is it a tough money? money right? Is it a tough money? Yeah. Is it a tough money? Yeah. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? That brings me on to my nice, nicely, and probably the last question because time's getting on. If I was to give you two, um, we're going to answer it individually. If I was to give you the bat and say, "Right, guys, OCR is in the, is in your hands for the UK." Give me something you would change about OCR now that annoys you, and something you would add that you'd love to see. Mm, okay. <laughs> mm, that's an interesting one. Oh. Yeah. I think you've made me and Adam shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <it's> a, <laughs> this is a first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it could be it could be simple so it could be an obstacle or it could be like penalties for instance i know a lot of people have opinions how they like to see you've already mentioned that you don't like the the retry lane you know could you change that or you know what would you yeah, do I mean, yeah i mean if i was gonna say something that really bug bears me like i think mean, it's i think it, it holding on to like the british sort of muddy base that kind of thing um I mean, what it should be is like if that's your brand that's what it is your' muddy base then stick with that like my, my. yeah um stick with that as your market because that's what's gonna you stay with that and you'll you'll be true um yeah. say so, like nothing really annoys me too much at the moment I think the only thing that yeah I would say annoys me is where people are like cheats like at races I would love to have a massive clampdown on cheats but that you need more volunteers i think it's great that spartan film stuff but how much do they look back on stuff unless someone goes oh someone cheated
0: and even Um, even then i don't think
1: they do yeah exactly so it's great having the technology there but if it's not being used what's it there for then it falls back onto the volunteers i think i'd love to have a standard of volunteer um but then you're looking at paid volunteers and what i don't basically say look like instead of here's a 50 quid drive road I'll pay you 50 quid for like, you know, half a day's work or even 50 quid. Here's 50 quid in the free base and that, then I think you'll find volunteers will sign up. I think a lot of people as well who volunteer already volunteer. So if you say, here's a free dry road, yeah, I'll just add it to my upper 10.
0: Yeah, I've got, I've got five
1: dry You always see it after nuclear weekend on the OCR gear swap group, you see about 10, 12 people selling a nuclear dry road. Because Um, got one last time. They volunteered. Yeah. In terms of so that yeah so that I would say the standard of volunteering and cheating and how we manage that that's the biggest annoyance for me. But I think that's always an ongoing one. Um, And then what was the second part of the question? So one thing yeah one thing you'd change and then one thing you bring in. So I think you've answered it there. Yeah, I mean it's 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 case of obviously yeah the cheating the volunteers and then say instead of just giving. A freebie out actually offer their money mm. and that because I think that was really the standard of OCR as well, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> your, <laughs> like was shortchanged by people. OCR Wells was screwed over last year by volunteers. People who said they would turn up, they did a massive like congratulations, you're on the volunteer list, and stuff. And people didn't turn up. Um, and I think if you said, right, well, okay, you're going to get paid this amount of money for a day's work. Obviously, that costs the race and stuff, but it, it, people would not be more likely. Oh, okay, actually, I have pay for my camping, and that's pay for my food for the weekend. So I'm not out of pocket. Yeah, and I get to see everyone, and yeah. So, yeah, that's my answer. Adam, you choose something else. <laughs> 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 um, I'd, I'd actually love. One thing I'd really love to see is the the live feed, like at the US Spartan races. You know, they do a live broadcast when international an series event. And I'd love to see something like that for the UK races. Mexico mm-hmm. cool TV, you need to get back on it. Yeah. Uh, back in the good old days. You know, we, we we never did. We never managed to do it live. We always managed to get the sort of highlight videos a day or two, either that night or a day or two later. But yeah, um, yeah. no, I think sort of the, the Spartan live that they do in the US, I think that could be really good in the UK if they could find a way to make that happen. Well, like, I think mean, at the OCR, like, the the Europeans and stuff, like, I think we do try and get quite a few of the UK races, like Stuart Neil will do stuff, Um, Paul Brennan and stuff. I did a few bits at the Worlds, yeah. that kind of thing. I think what would be quite good maybe is next time between Team UK, like, and School and a few other bits that do these live feeds, if we mm-hmm. can all yeah. sync up somehow um, yeah. and be like, right, between... Nine and this time it's going to be Tom on the front line, like on the start line. And between this time and this time, it's going to be Adam at the sandbag carry, you know, and just do like a twenty-minute live yeah. thing I mean, like, like that. Look how Margaret do with Mud Run Guide. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, yeah, like you know, fran I think like fan. My behalf, she did it for nuts on behalf of my Guide. She walks around the course, does videos, that kind of stuff. Um. I know yes. the worlds kind of do stuff like that, but I think if we yeah they had JoJo um, like... and Amy doing it last year. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah I'd, really, I'd I'd love for really us to do it. something together like that. I think That'd be great. But um, you know, I'm talking about the, you know, when you watch the proper yeah when you watch the proper Spartan coverage. If we get one of those in the UK, possibly for the season finale or something like that, I think it would just add for that sense of occasion and that sense of it being a sport yeah and that's where i think that that is um, obviously our media side of things is mostly funded by ourselves yeah um where yeah, none, none of us none of us full time none of us are a uh, you know matthew Davis doing it every day of the year or Margaret doing it every day of the year yeah but even they were still earning this. they're still doing other jobs and, and stuff like yeah. that i mean I, it is there's certain aspects of us where we are, like, we look at the US as this, like, holy grail of obstacle course racing coverage. Um, I think we do stuff better on some things, but, yeah, their live feeds are, like, it's just, you can tune in, like, 8pm at this time and watch this race, which is great, but we don't have that. No, and I'd love to see something like that over here. And that um, as well as then helps, because I suppose you get sponsors off that. Because then yep. TV companies want to be involved with that. So all of a sudden, you've got Red Bull Live TV or Motorscore sponsored by Red Bull, you know, and it all of a sudden, yeah, well, it feeds into growing everything. Yeah, you know, you look at like Spartan Pro, say, what, five years ago, you would have had more, really, they were good races, but they were also personalities. You had the hype likes of Hunter Chef, you know, you had uh, Laura Mesner. They were. They were good bases and they would be competitive, could win races. Um, but they were also personalities. Um, now I think you've got more, they're just more proper bases. Um, but if he's we had, have still got, coverage, still got some personalities in there. I mean, yeah, if you look at Ryan Woods, he's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I think with coverage, the more coverage we have, the more coverage, say yourself, Luke and, and Jack, where, it boost your personas within the sport, mm. um, and that's what we're finding missing. Yeah. We know about the Spartan most protein, but do the open waivers? Do they care? Because they don't know who you are. Yeah. Spartan don't push it enough.
0: Right, Adam, yeah. Tom, I think uh, we've put the world to right. Uh, we've, <laughs> we've talked about enough OCR uk community stuff for today and um, it's Hello. late i'm gonna let you guys go um before you go where can we catch you where can we catch uh, team uk is it um, instagram facebook so you've got team uk official on instagram mm-hmm. um and then you've also got the facebook group which is a closed group
1: it is just for competitive people so you have to answer three questions um just to get into the group it's just like are you a uk racer are you competing at the Worlds or European Championships? That's basically it. Answer those oh. questions you're in the group. It's really, really easy. Um, you're basically just, yeah, looking for Team UK official normally. Um, other than that, um, myself, other races, we're going to be in Ireland this weekend. Um, so we'll be the guys in the Team UK blue jackets and tops
0: um, and that sort of thing. Perfect. Hey, Adam, You um, yourself?
1: Yeah, Mudstacle, obviously, at Mudstacle on Instagram. Um We've also got the YouTube channel, where all of our highlight videos will go up. And then on Facebook, we've got the Muscle page, which will link to all of our latest reviews, articles, and guides. And then the uh, Muscle OCR community page, where you're able to meet everyone else within the Muscle community, find other people that are going to races. Um, and, you know, there's always going to be loads of people in yellow vests that you can always come and say hello to and make a friends. I have to say, Adam, it's been quite nice having an attractive Munster Call member on today, opposed to the other what we have to put up with mostly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry about that. Try <laughs> yeah. and trying to keep her under wraps, but. <laughs> She's nightmare. <laughs> a nightmare. nightmare. A nightmare. <laughs> guys, thank you very much. It's been absolutely awesome to talk to you. Um, no, worries. no worries. let you get on, and uh, thank you very much. No Good worries. Enjoy, Ireland. Uh, enjoy Ireland this weekend, guys. I'm sorry yeah. I can't be there, but, uh, yeah. Get married.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, congratulations. Enjoy.
1: Commiserations Uh, to you, Adam. Commiserations. (laughs) But yeah, you know it well enough. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Take care, guys. Cheers, guys. guys.
0: See you later, guys. Bye. My name's VJ Jones, and you've been listening to OCR Audio. This is Ryan Kent,
1: and you've been listening to OCR Audio.